peace, blessings, light, and the grace and guidance of God be with you and with myself. Welcome. This is Ihsan, and this is Soul of Islam Radio. It's important, it's essential for us to remember that learning in any field and in any subject requires a teacher, or in some cases, a series of teachers. The master and apprentice relationship and system is as old as humanity. And this is also true in religion. It's absolutely true that even in faith, we require a model, a leader, and a guide. And this is codified in the prophetic paradigm in which Allah Almighty has chosen to teach expressly through prophets. This is especially true when one is seeking truth and reality, the requirement of which is the very transcendence of the self, the outwitting of the self. And we must know, we must understand that this is not something that we can do alone because we are each in our own blind spots. And so a qualified trainer is always required. And this is the role of a sheikh to help you reach your destination, which is nothing other than the divine presence of God. Such an attainment, such a goal is the most difficult thing of all, for it requires the leaving of the ego behind, the transcendence of the self. The very point of the path, of the spiritual path, is the tarbiyah of the individual. And this means the development, the raising, the maturation, and the evolution of the human being. While comparatively, it's relatively easy to learn Islam, which refers to the outer dimension of the faith, the awakening of Iman, the settling of real faith in the heart, is infinitely more difficult. The deepening of faith is a journey of infinite depth. While the former represents the outer, the latter represents the inner and its excellence in these two areas and dimensions of the religion that lead to ihsan, or spiritual excellence. Those who attain to ihsan are known as muhsin, or muhsinin, and they are those who have earned Allah Almighty's divine love. A shaykh is one who has experience, and experience makes the difference. Experience is that which is beyond theory and thought, beyond idea, beyond concept. Experience is actual. Experience is real. A shaykh is literally a leader. He is an imam. He is the one who is in front. He is the one upon whose shoulders rests the responsibility for a congregation. He leads through personal example. He is a doer and he is doing. And they who follow are simply able to join. They are able to accompany. They are able to become companions of a sheikh. And this is the essence of the relationship between a sheikh and his congregation and community. Again, a sheikh is a doer. He is a man of action. He is simply one who is living the religion to its most excellent expression and manifestation. And in this way, he is a preserver of the faith and its reality. This was the exact way of the blessed and noble Prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings upon him, his family, and his companions. He, sallallahu taught by doing. He said, pray as you see me pray. He did not teach formally. And in this way, a real sheikh is an inheritor of the Prophet. This is the meaning behind the Prophet's statement. The men of knowledge, the ulama, are the inheritors of the Prophets. Men, or people of knowledge here, does not denote formal and academic study, for such a thing did not exist in the time of the Prophet. Then, there were no institutions or formal centers of learning. Learning was done expressly and purely through companionship and association, which in Arabic is known as suhbah. Thus, men of knowledge or ulama in the statements of the Prophet, peace be upon him, refers to those who had both inner and outer knowledge. They who had actualized and realized the reality of the religion, those who had learned to truly submit and surrender in love to God. For Allah Almighty says in the Holy Quran, verily, the religion before God is Islam, which is surrender. It's this sincerity in the religion that leads one to marifa or gnosis, 
knowledge of the divine. And thus the ulama that the Prophet ﷺ was referring to are they who to different degrees had reached to such knowledge, divine knowledge. They who had truly and deeply learned to submit, to surrender, and to humble themselves. And it is through surrender in the precise footsteps and way of the Prophet that they were able to come into alignment with the divine will of God. Academic instruction is the teaching and receiving of information. Yet the reality of the religion is in transformation. It is an evolution. It is an awakening. A sheikh is he who is sustained and inspired by the love of God and by the love of the Prophet. Peace and blessings upon him and upon all the great messengers and prophets of God. Love is the secret of sincerity. And so a true sheikh, a true guide, is he who has joyfully surrendered and thus died in and for the love of God and his messenger, for love of the way. A real sheikh is thus of the awliya of Allah the friends of God, the lovers of God. They drink from the water of life that flows from the love and light oceans of God. Each breath is an act of love and gratitude, and thus of worship. They are people of perpetual presence. They are the dhakirin, they who continuously remember God both on their tongues and in their hearts. It's important to note that a sheikh is often not a formal instructor. He does not engender transformation by the promulgation of information that may be a part of his role, yet it may not. For the secret of transformation is his company. Awakening takes place through association. And this is not by his will. This is by the will, light, and power of God and by the laws established that govern the universe. This is the reason that Allah Almighty has established prophets for mankind from amongst themselves. Again, a sheikh may not be a formal instructor of the faith by profession, in reality, a sheikh will typically have a profession. He may be a craftsman, a baker, a tailor, an engineer, a physician, a writer, or anything else. Yet he is unique and rare in that he is a doer. Thus, he is a carrier of the way and the path. He is a preserver of the religion and the sunnah of the prophet. And in this way, he is a true inheritor and thus a member of the household of the prophet. His role is not to simply provide information. His role is to catalyze transformation. If anything, a sheikh is just to provide information, data, knowledge, academic or formal instruction, they are missing the secret of the way. The true role of a sheikh is transformation through transmission. And this is and was the way of the prophet. This is precisely how the sahaba were raised by the Messenger of God through companionship and association. Again, the Holy Prophet did not teach through formal and academic instruction. Not that there is anything particularly wrong with such. In fact, it's necessary. It's necessary for guidance and for reference. Yet if this deeper aspect of the way of the Prophet and the way of transmission is not understood, the reality of the religion becomes lost. And this is why our teachers, our shayukh, continually pointed out and reminded us that the way is in companionship, in suhbah. A shaykh is raised by and guided through a shaykh, and typically in an unbroken chain of transmission that can be traced directly back to the Prophet himself. The exception to this is the rare case such as in the example of Uwais al-Qarani, who never physically met the Prophet, although he was his contemporary in time, but due to circumstances was unable to meet the Prophet physically, yet he inherited deep secrets and realities directly from the heart of the Prophet. This method of transmission has actually been thus referred to as Uwaisi, and it is recognized in the history of Tasawwuf, in which some shuyukh were raised by the spirituality of great awliya, who they physically never met, yet with whom they possessed a strong spiritual connection and link. It's important to know, though, however, that even such shiuch 
nonetheless still had sheikhs themselves, yet they took additional light and guidance from a wali whom they were connected to and guided by through the heart, transcending the temporal dimensions of time and space. It's essential for us to know that this is how the religion is preserved and transmitted, through human beings, not through books, nor any other recorded means. There must always be living exemplars of the path and the way. They who have realized and actualized the reality of the religion. They who through their personal striving and struggle, through their mujahida, and in reality through the mercy and grace of God, have attained to his nearness, to his closeness, to his light, to his love, to his presence, and to his pleasure. This is exactly how Allah Almighty preserves and protects the religion and the revelation through inheritors of the prophets, through human beings. This is also why the Prophet ﷺ did not have the religion canonized under his supervision. He never instructed the companions to compile the Qur'an in a mushaf, in a whole and complete recorded book. This was done afterwards and it was necessary, yet the Prophet ﷺ in his divinely granted wisdom never did so. The same is true with fiqh and hence the emergence of the canonical schools of jurisprudence. Had the Prophet in the slightest over-focused or over-emphasized the external manifestation of the religion, the physicality of the religion, the forms of the religion, it would have been at the cost of the essence of the religion. This is in fact precisely what happened in Judaism and what Jesus Isa, struggled against. This is not to diminish the sacred law in any way. It is necessary to preserve the spirit of the way. Yet if we overemphasize the form at the expense of the spirit, we lose the essence of the religion. We lose the soul of the religion. And this then is the perfect path of balance, the path of ihsan, the perfect balance and the perfection, the excellence in both the outer and the inner, in Islam and in Iman. The fact that there are always, by Allah's will, established living human beings who are inheriting the sincerity, the excellence, the beauty and the perfection of the Prophet is proof of Allah Almighty and the fact that the religion is real. Such human beings are living proof of God's divine will and power. For if a religion cannot produce such perfection and purity, it is no longer real. The religion then is just an idea and an identity. If a religion is real, it must result in reality. And this is also why the Holy Messenger said that towards the end of days, knowledge will be taken away, not when books of knowledge are lost, but when men of knowledge are lost. In reality, belief in the religion requires belief in worthy guides and inheritors of its reality. And this truth is embedded within the Fatiha, the very first surah of the Holy Quran, in which we literally affirm many times a day in each prayer and ask Allah Almighty to guide us on the straight path, which is precisely the path of those whom Allah has favored, they who Allah has favored with guidance and with grace. The sacred and divine means and method of transmission is through the hearts of the believers, from the heart of the Prophet to the hearts of his companions and they to their companions, resulting in lineages of light that reach us to this very day. Any who do not accept this method of transmission of the religion who do not believe in such lineages of spiritual inheritance are they who undoubtedly are referred to by Allah Almighty in the Qur'an as they, not whose eyes are blind, but whose hearts are blind, whose hearts are sealed. This is also one of the meanings behind the statement that Sufism or Tasawwuf is the way of the heart. This has two meanings. Number one, that transmission takes place through the heart 
and that the goal of the spiritual path is the awakening of the heart, the awakening of heart-based consciousness, rather than mind-based and ego-based consciousness. Such evolution of the human being is only possible through the submission and surrender of the self, the submission of the gut or the belly, and the surrender of the mind or the brain. Only such submission makes possible the spiritual awakening of the heart and the connection to spirit. And it is to this that Shabahuddin Naqshband, the great spiritual master of Islam, referred to when he positioned as the 11th principle of the spiritual path, Wuquf al-Qalb, or the awakening of the heart. The meaning of the different Sufi orders, or Turuq, is that they are simply chains of transmission, records of lineage. In Islam, we must have sanad. It's an absolute necessity in the religion to be able to trace one's learning, one's knowledge, one's inheritance directly back to the Prophet in an unbroken chain of transmission. It is mistaken and it is ignorant to testify to assert that one is a Naqshmandi or a Qadri or a Chishti implying that one is part of a sect. There are no sects in Islam. There are schools of knowledge, chains of transmission, methods of learning, but there are no sects. The different turuq or the different orders are simply designations of lineages of teachers and the transmission of knowledge, primarily of inner knowledge, the reality of the religion. A sheikh is an example. He is an exemplar. He is a leader, one who leads through personal practice. He leads through his life and through how he lives. In this way, again, he's not a formal teacher of the path, but more importantly, a walker of the way. And such human beings are invaluable. In fact, it is the order of God to keep company with such people. Allah Almighty says in the Holy Quran, be with the truthful. And one of the best examples of this in the Quran is exemplified. It's narrated in Surah Al-Kahf, in which Musa alayhi salam, the master of the sacred law, is guided to seek the company of Khidr alayhi salam, one who has inner knowledge, hidden knowledge, spiritual knowledge that Allah refers to as having been taught directly from His Divine Presence. The most valuable thing in the world is the company of such ascetics, such zahideen, such awliya. Being with them reminds a human being of God and His Messenger. And this is the quality of a real shaykh, that when you see them, when you remember them, when you hear them and listen to them, when you think of them, you are reminded of Allah and His Messenger and the love of the way fills your heart. Through their love of God and His Messenger and the path, love awakens in your heart. And it is love that is the connection to the Divine Presence. It is love that is the connection between you and them and thus between you and God. It's important also to note what a shaykh is not. And a shaykh is not an oracle, someone who divulges matters of the unseen. Doing so is the breaking of adab. It is a transgression of etiquette and the protocols of excellence. And it's very poor etiquette to put a sheikh in the position of having to answer questions about matters of the unseen and your destiny. You can and should take the advice of a sheikh, of your sheikh, yet do so with humility and allow the sheikh to remain humble before his Lord and the Prophet. Remember that the Prophet Muhammad is the last and final messenger to mankind, the last prophet upon earth and there will be no prophet after. So do not treat your shaykh like a prophet, let alone a god. Love and respect, but do not worship. If you do, you will be destroyed, for there is no god but God. And a perfect shaykh does not pretend to be in such a position. This is not to say that his heart is not receiving divine guidance and inspiration. Yet out of humility, the perfect shaykh keeps his gaze lowered. This is one of the deeper meanings of the order in the Quran, to lower thy gaze. It means to look at nothing other than towards Allah Almighty. 
and to not be distracted even by the unseen. A perfect sheikh is not interested in matters of the unseen. He does not need nor want them. He is only interested in the pure love and service, the pure worship of God. He is not distracted by the unseen, and he is not willing to be. And this is why our great masters said that if you even have a vision or an experience, take ghusl, perform the ritual bath to wash yourself, and cleanse yourself of the experience. Such experiences may be a gift from God. Receive them, accept them, embrace them, and let them go. Do not hold on to experiences nor seek them, for they will give you a false sense of progress. And remember that miracles do not denote real spiritual development. Both the light and the dark sides can attain to such things. And this is why the great Abu Yazid al-Bistami, one of the great awliya of Allah, said, even if a man is able to fly, do not be fooled and do not follow him unless his actions and his character are in accordance with the way. And this then is the key. Character is the key to this religion. Character is the key to spirituality. Character in Arabic is akhlaq. And the key to character is conduct, adab. So again, brothers and sisters, do not treat the shaykh like a prophet, let alone a god. Honor the limits established by God. Do not transgress the limits of God. His role is not your personal oracle. He is a leader and an exemplar of the path. He is your example, and you can follow him by doing as he does. You can and should ask advice and follow out of love and respect because there is barakah in his counsel. There is blessings in his advice. Yet be respectful and be responsible. And any who promote otherwise are in error. They are promoting something other than the pure love of God. One need not see anything to love. And this is the greatest of faith and love, to believe without seeing. It follows then that a sheikh is not a guru. And what I mean by this is someone who positions themselves as an enlightened teacher. Such people tend to attract a cult following. And there is no such thing in Islam. This is not to say that a sheikh is not an enlightened teacher, yet he does not promote himself on such a platform. He is a simple man. A perfect sheikh is a simple worshiper and lover of God. He simply provides an opportunity for others to join him upon the path. A true sheikh is not calling others to himself. He is only calling to Allah and his messenger. He is not interested in creating a cult of personality. He is a humble man, a man amongst men. And although his rank is high, he does not propagate such. And this is the meaning of the Prophet ﷺ referring to himself as but a man. Such humility only adds to the greatness of such an individual. It's up to students and companions to recognize and see his light and to treat him with love and respect, yet to do their best not to transgress the bounds and limits established by Allah and his messenger. There's a fine line. There's always a fine line upon the straight path, the path of perfect balance. In one's hearts, one truly understands the rank of the Prophet and the rank and the realities of their teachers and shiuch, the rightly guided ones. There is absolute awe, reverence, and love. Yet outwardly, one must be mindful of not creating a cultish environment. And so a sheikh should be followed out of love for the beauty of his humility and piety, not because of his unseen rank and station, not because of miracles, power, and access to hidden knowledge. In summary, a sheikh is but a leader not out of choice and desire, but out of necessity. He is only interested in striving towards the pleasure of God 
and supporting others in doing so as well. He is one who has realized his true purpose on earth and in creation as a servant and slave of the divine. His eyes and his heart are looking towards eternity, towards Akhirah, and not this world. He is happy and at peace because he is immersed in the path of transcending the self and the world. Quite simply, true Sheikh is but a lover of God and his messenger, who is living the way of the Prophet, and so he is a true inheritor of the Prophet. May Allah Almighty guide us and keep us in the company of the righteous and the pure, the noble and the excellent, those whom he loves and who love him. Beloved listeners, I hope you enjoyed and benefited from this episode of Soul of Islam Radio. If you find this content valuable, here's what you can do next. Subscribe to this podcast. Give it a like and leave a review. Share this with your friends and family and share it on social media with a recommendation. Help us to be found. And then head over to our website, the BorderPoint Training and Development Platform, at www.borderpoint.com, where you can get access to extensive video, audio, and written resources, as well as a complimentary mini-course to help you rediscover and support you upon the spiritual path of excellence. I look forward to connecting with you there to your divine and eternal success.